We just want to thank you once again, O Lord. Your word says, Lord, the entrance of your word brings light. The unfolding of your word brings light. Lord, you called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your son. Into the inheritance of your saints in the light. An inheritance for all, for all those who are being sanctified by faith. An inheritance which is incorruptible. An inheritance which is available for all of us who believe. An inheritance which is spiritual and not of this world. And this morning I pray Lord even as we meditate upon our, upon your word, I pray Lord, Lord that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That you would grant us grace to understand your ways. Show us your ways. Teach us your paths. Lord, your word says, surely, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heaven is high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Therefore, let the wicked man forsake his way and an unrighteous man his thoughts. And this morning I pray, even as we meditate upon your word, that you would, Lord, cause us to walk in that light. And even as we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus will continuously cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. To that end, I pray that you would anoint, Lord, the speaking and the hearing of today's word. And through everything that we do, O oh Lord, may Christ Jesus have the preeminence in all things. Thank you. We praise you. We worship you for in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Last, last Sunday, if you were here, um, and if you heard, we looked at a sin that will keep us away from, out of heaven. In any situation in your life, in our lives, whatever the problem is, if, if, if you want a permanent, lasting solution, okay, a consistent, lasting solution, the way we do it is we go not we do deal not with just with just with the symptoms but we deal with the cause if you don't deal with the cause whatever you do will keep on recurring it's like it's like cutting off the branches but you have to take care of the trunk and just not the trunk but the root as well you see uh, the 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 most foundational message that kind of uh, built this church was preached in way back in 2009 uh, by Pastor James even as he was teaching through the book of Exodus and he was talking about the Ten Commandments. Commandment number one says, thou shalt have no other gods before me for I am your God a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of your fathers unto the children, unto the third and the fourth generations of all those who hate me. That's what the word of, word of God says. We know that there are three terms, you know, we use, um, you know, I mean, if you, if you have been coming to our church consistently, you know these three terms. There are, there is sin, there is transgression, and then there is iniquity. Transgression is God's boundaries. Okay. There are uh, territories or, or hedges that God puts around us. And the moment we cross that territory or that boundary, 
we transgress and we commit sin. Sin is missing the mark. Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The righteous standards of God. The, the word for glory in the Bible is doxa, in the Greek doxa, which means standard or opinion. Okay. For example, orthodox means old standards. Paradox means contrary standards. Heterodox means same standard. Okay. But God has got a standard. Doxa. Which also is translated as glory in the new, in the old covenant, which means weight. The standards of God. So, if we have to have a right standing with God, God will put us, put us in, our, in his balance, like he told Belshazzar. He said, uh, you've been weighed and found wanting. So, what does God do? He puts Jesus on, on one side of the balance. And then he puts you on the other side of the balance. How will you fare? Okay. Definitely will not balance. The only way... You can balance that weight is when on both sides you have who? Jesus. The problem is people remove Jesus and put their own standard. That is the reason why the Bible says unjust scales and balances are an abomination to the Lord. And a just weight is his delight. The whole world is full of unjust scales and balances. Okay. So what is sin? Sin is when you miss the mark. And when do you miss the mark? When you transgress the boundaries that God has placed you under. When you transgress, you commit sin. That is the reason why the Bible says it is the transgression of the law is sin. Sin is transgression of the law. But what causes us to sin? What causes us to sin is something much, much is, which is much deeper and that is what we call as inequity. And what is inequity? Inequity is a thought pattern or an idea or a lifestyle or a, uh, an inclination which empowers or justifies your transgression and which justifies your sin. Okay. That's exactly what happened to Jacob. Jacob wanted the blessing. Okay. And somehow he wanted to steal the blessing. Point is, God wants to bless us. God wants to bless us. But how can a righteous, holy God bless unrighteous, unholy people? It is not possible. God wants to bless Jacob. He loves Jacob. But if he wants to bless Jacob, he cannot keep him as Jacob. But the problem with Jacob is, he wants the blessing, but he doesn't want to change his life. You see, that's the problem. And what, what, what happens, there is a teaching called, uh, what I call the Rebecca teaching. By the way, the word Rebecca means snare, a trap. What she does is, she empowers Jacob, gives him, gives him a justification to commit whatever he is committing. The sin. So, what is inequity? These are voices or thought patterns that have been established deep down inside of your heart, which give a foundation for your transgression and for your sinful lifestyle. So unless and until we deal with inequity, we can never enjoy freedom from sin and constant and lasting victory over sin. It's impossible to do that. To, to do that. So one of the things that I constantly do, even as I, even in our school, is that 
I make the student to the best of my ability to ensure that his foundations are strong. So because the Bible says, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? And if your life, if you build your life on faulty foundations, what comes out is a building which is built upon sand. And when the storm comes, when the, when the testing comes, when the trial comes, the fall of that house will be great, the Bible says. So it's very, very important for us to deal with the root and not just the fruit. Okay. The root is important. The foundations are important. So you can take a lot of time. Don't worry. You know, I tell, I tell my ch- uh, the parents, the parents want to push the children. Sir, his, his, his biological age is so much. I said, you know what? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The moment the foundations are strong, he can accelerate later. But the problem is, if he doesn't have his foundation strong, he will meet with an accident. And later on, the fall, the fall will be tremendous. Foundations are important. Very, very important. Okay. So, we don't, that's exactly the reason why we were just not looking at uh, the sin part last time. Pastor was talking about the most powerful, or rather the, the, the mother of all sin is what? Pride. That is the one thing that keeps us out of heaven. And pride did not start on earth. It started in heavens. So if you look at Matthew chapter 3, verse 7 onwards. This is John the Baptist when he's preaching the first message. Okay, he's coming and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what he has to say. When he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to the baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, meaning children of snakes. That's what it means. You have a DNA, which is a DNA of a snake. And what is a snake? If you make it straight, it will die. It's crooked. That is the reason why in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon Solomon will say, that which is crooked cannot be made straight. In Telugu, there is a samatha. Kukka toka patukoni, godavari idinasare, that if you take the tail of a, of a dog and nicely straighten it, you swim the Godavari also. The moment you take that stick, it will go back to its original position. So that's, that's the problem with many believers. I mean, I'm not talking about just you. Even in my own life, I can tell you the empirical data is here. I don't have to look out, outside. Okay. Unless until I deal with the root of the issue... It is impossible for me to deal with the sin part. So look at what he says. Brood of vipers. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who is he addressing this to? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. And look at this. These are the religious class. You, I mean, you hardly expect that these people are people who are, you know, uh, contrary to, they're living a life which is contrary to the, to, to the standard of God. And when you look at, look at them outside, outwardly they appear to be so godly, so religious, so clean, so pure, but you know what? God is, how is, how is God addressing them? Brood of wipers. Religious wipers. What are they? Oh my goodness, there are so many religious vipers even in the church. What do they do? They come regularly to church. But nothing has changed in their lives. They are the same old. Like Pastor Selsa was saying, like 40 years in the wilderness. They were all saved out of Egypt. 
all were baptized in water into Moses. All drank the same spiritual drink. All ate the same spiritual food. But God was not well pleased with them. And you know what God did? He brought them out of Egypt and destroyed them in the wilderness. Because he brought them out of Egypt, but he could not get Egypt out of them. Because he could not deal with the root in their lives. But those people who dealt with the root, they could inherit the land of promises. And we have a promised life. The promised life is a life in Christ for every believer. For every believer, there is a promise. God has spoken into my life certain certain promises. Specifically, God might have spoken into your lives, into your life certain promises. And all those promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus positionally. But if you have to proclaim and, 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 and possess the life of promises, you have to deal with root issues in your life. Otherwise, you will be going around in circles and 40 years you will be destroyed in the wilderness. Are you out of Egypt? Are you saved? Yes, you are saved. But are you living the life of Christ? Absolutely not. Have you inherited the promises of God? No. Did you fulfill God's purpose in your generation? No. You see? So therefore he says, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Bear fruits what? Worthy of repentance. And look at what he says. Goes on to say, Do not think to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. In other words, do not, do not boast about your pedigree. Okay. You are not a believer just because you are born in a Christian family. Does not make you a believer. You are positionally holy because of the faith of your parents. But but that does not mean that you know God. You have to make those personal choices yourself. That is the reason why if you want to change your life, the first thing God says is that unless you are born from above, you cannot what? See the kingdom of God. Unless you are born of the water and of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unless the seed which is sown into you, which is the truth of the word of God, you will not be a believer or or a child of God. You have to be born of God, of my seed and of my by my spirit. I have to birth you. You have to be born of the will of God. In other words, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children of Abraham from these stones. And then he goes on to say, look at what he says. And even now, the what is laid to the root? The axe is laid to the root. The title of today's message is The Root, Not Just the Fruit. Okay? Root, not just the fruit. Root of the issue. Last, last Sunday we looked at a very important root. Root is pride. I want to look at something else too, also today. A very close cousin. Or rather not cousin, twin brother. Okay, Twin brother of pride. I'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes. Luke's Gospel chapter 3. Now this is addressing to who? Whom did, whom did uh, John the Baptist address this to? To the Pharisees and the Sadducees, to the religious class. Do you think all the other people are kosher? No. The same word, message is same. The message for the Sadducee and the Pharisee and the normal layman, everybody has the same message. What is the message? Luke Gospel chapter 3. Look at what he says. Then he said to the who? The multitudes. Not the Pharisees now. The multitudes who came to him. Same message. Brood of vipers. Same address. <laughs> the Pharisees, he calls them brood of vipers. 
these are religious brood of vipers. Okay? In other words, Christian brood of vipers. We have to put that. Okay, Christian, uh, whatever, whatever religion that you follow. Religious brood of vipers. These are what? Liberal brood of vipers. Conservative brood of vipers, liberal brood of vipers. Brood of vipers are there everywhere. Snakes are there everywhere in both camps. Okay, liberal <laughs> vipers, conservative vipers. Who's more dangerous? Ah, conservatives are more dangerous. Conservative vipers are more dangerous. Because they hide themselves in this religious veneer. You think everything is okay with them. They have a form of godliness, the Bible says, but they do not have power. They don't have a power. They just have an outward form, but inwardly there's no reality. Okay? Again, same thing. Brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come, there is a wrath of God. Therefore, what should you do? Bear fruit worthy of repentance again. And do not say to yourself, we have Abraham our father. So the multitudes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the liberals and the conservatives, the Baptists and the Papists, everybody have the same message. Okay, what is that? All of us have to be born again. Problem is, many of us try to do things instead of dealing with the root, we are dealing, trying to deal with the fruit and the problem keeps on reoccurring. Over and over and over again. But whom the sun sets free is free indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Free from what? Free from sin. Free, liberated to do the work of God. Liberated to do the work of God. Liberated to live a godly lifestyle. It is a liberation. You are truly free when you obey God. Understand that. So even now, he says, the axe is laid to the root. So the message does not change to both of them. Alright? So, this morning, where do we go? We go to the root. So I want to look at a very close cousin, Gadu, a twin brother of pride. Who is the twin brother of pride? Where did it start? Okay, One of the manifestations, if you will, of pride. It's very close. Both are very close to each other. I'm going to show that very, very, very soon. Look at that root. This is what he's talking about in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 and 15. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see God. Looking carefully, looking carefully, lest any of you fall short of what? Of the grace of God. Lest any root of what? Bitterness. Spring up, cause trouble. So what causes trouble? What is the cause? What is the cause? The root of bitterness. That is the cause. And what happens? Because your root is bitter, your fruit will become what? Defiled. Okay. Understand this. Because the root is not dealt with, the fruit is bad. Okay. So that's the reason why you need to understand very, very important. And root cause analysis is very, very painful. It's very painful. Okay. To go to the root is not easy. And what happens when you pull everything through the root? Like for example, if you pull, a, pull your hair from the root, it pains. When you cut your hair, it's a massage. Right? You sleep when you're cutting your hair. Even if, then, even if they're shaving your hair, you're still sleeping because they're not dealing with the root. And a lot of people, when they come to church, they get a massage. 
That's what they get. So when the preaching is going on, you know what happens? They get a nice massage and they fall asleep, you know? <laughs> That's what you do to the barber. Just imagine the barber is pulling your hair. What will you do? You'll start screaming. See, that, that is painful. An axe has to be laid where? To the root. See, think about it, no? Saul, the anointing left Saul. We'll come to Saul, okay? Who came from Saul? The Spirit of the Lord left, left Saul. And an evil spirit from God was tormenting him. Now, everybody knows that this, this guy is being tormented. Everybody knows. You know, that's the reason why it says, the works of the flesh are manifest. Everybody knows the works of the flesh. Okay, You can't hide it. One day or the other, it will come out. Spirit is not so easily manifest, but works of the flesh, very, very clear. Okay, Very clear. And then everybody knows, Saul, you are being tormented. We'll do one thing, we'll get one guy who will play the harp. Who's that person who ultimately comes to the palace? David. What is he doing? He's playing the harp. Is David anointed? Absolutely. Does he have the spirit of God upon him? Absolutely. Is Saul being delivered? No. He's been only being soothed. The moment he leaves the anoint, I mean, when David leaves the, leaves the church, what happens? The spirit, the evil spirit comes back upon him and again he is tormented. Why? Because he's not being, he's not dealing with what? The root. This is what we call as therapy Christianity. What Christianity? Therapy. Oh, they will talk to you. you know, the therapist, no, you, you go to a psychotherapist, physiotherapist, psychotherapist, whatever therapist. These are all therapy. What is this therapy? To keep you under control. To balance all the equations so that you don't go out of hand. So whenever something is going out of balance, they'll try to rebalance this equation. That's all. They just do what we call as, uh, what, what management is that? Perception management. <laughs> I mean, those, those words for the first time I heard. I never even, somebody was telling me, if you want to be promoted in the company, you have to do perception management. How do people perceive, perceive you? So they're just therapy. Nothing is happening. So root of bitterness. And what is that root here? The word is bitterness. And if we look at the Hebrew equivalent of that word, comes from the Hebrew word mara, which means what? Anybody knows what mara means? Bitter also means? Mm -hmm. You know what mara means? Rebellion. What does it mean? Rebellion. Rebellion. Pride and rebellion are close buddies, twin brothers, close cousins, same family, same genus, genome. Okay. Slightly different poison, but you'll die. So what should you deal with? The root. How does it happen? Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 12. Jesus gives us a key. Look at the, look, look at what Jesus gives us a key. Matthew chapter 12. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad. You see, what is he dealing with here? Not the fruit, but the tree. Okay. And its fruit bad for a tree is known by its fruit. Okay. You, you see the fruit, but the tree is known. And look at what he says. Brood of vipers. How can you being evil speak good things? Answer. It's a rhetorical question. 
in a rhetorical question, you change the question into an answer. You being evil cannot speak good things. Why? Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So where is the problem? The heart. Let me tell you something. If you look at the human human body, the life is in the blood. And we are three part beings. We have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. The life is in the blood, meaning soul is in the blood. Soul is your self-life, the life which is uh, which what, what you what you will, what you think, and what you feel. That is your soul. That is your life. Okay. So life is in the blood, and your 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 emotions also. Now the heart pumps blood. So the source of life is where is in the heart. Now heart is a is a, is a, is the seat of your spirit. If you are born from above, your spirit is joined to God. That's the reason why it says, he who is of the Lord is what? One spirit with him. You are joined to the Lord. Now your heart is a seat of your spirit. Now it is pumping the life of the spirit. And what should flow through your spiritual blood, which is life, should be the spiritual. Spiritual life should flow. You understand? Did you, did you get, the, did you get the, the analogy here? Life is in the blood. He poured out his soul as a drink offering. And where was his life? Was in his blood. Soul is equal to your blood. So the seat is your spirit. The soul is the life that you live. And if I don't deal with the seat, I will not be able to deal with the the outward, um, what do you say, Um, fruit or my dispositions, my attitudes. Therefore, he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, therefore, the issue is with the heart. And therefore, the Bible says, the heart of a man is what? Is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Desperately wicked and evil. is Jacob through and through. What does Jacob mean? Supplanter. The moment the truth of the word of God comes, it supplants. It's not for me. It's for my brother. It's, my, it's for my brother. Yes, this is for me only. But why is pastor targeting me? You see? These are all attitudes and arguments which are there. Which is trying to supplant the word of God from your heart. So understand this carefully. So for out of the abundance of the heart, what speaks? Your mouth speaks. Let us move on. Then he says, a good man, out of the what treasure? Good treasure. The word for treasure is very interesting. There is a dictionary. How many of you use dictionary? Can you hear? Come on, come on, come on. At least online dictionary. Miriam Webster's, what have you? Okay. Alright. There's a dictionary. There's something called as thesaurus. How many of you use a thesaurus? Okay. Thesaurus fewer. Dictionary everybody. I'll tell you what thesaurus means. Thesaurus means, let us take one word. It gives you same kind of word. I mean, synonyms for that one word. Different, different, different words. So you have one word, you can use different, different words to convey the same meaning. And what you have is a treasure of words. That is thesaurus. Okay? Do you understand? Now when he says, evil, so a good man out of the good treasure, the word for treasure is thesaurus. So what does he have? He has 
words, the fruit of your lips, giving what? Thanks. The fruit of your lips, giving thanks. And who decides the fruit? Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So, if your heart is full, full of thanksgiving, what will you do when you come to church? Mm-hmm. Automatically break, break into thanksgiving. And nobody has to say, I will stop worshipping today, otherwise, I mean, come on. Nobody has to say that. Automatically it has to come. Presence of God. See, one of the sins of omission, a dangerous sin of omission, is ingratitude. Every once in a while I send a thanks to Sami. And he says, uh, why sir? I said, just in case. It's a, I just want to credit into your account. Sometimes I just send a th- thanks to Sister Elsa and Pastor James. Just thank you, that's it. Why? Thank you. Just in case, no? Th- See, that has to be a, a way of life. You know what happened? This, this generation is a very thankless generation. No? Don't have a good treasure. I mean... <laughs> I'm telling you, I mean, I've seen the technology transition in so many years. My children have an IIT professor teaching them math. Do you think every every day in the morning they will say, thank you, father? (laughs) No, 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 no. No, they don't say that. I mean, honestly, what I teach my children now, I learned it when I was in what? Not even just school. I mean, I'm talking about uh, undergrad sometimes. Things just came to my mind. Oh, this is what I learned then. And what am I doing now? They're in 8th grade, ninth grade. Some of them do doing 8th grade when they're what, 11 years old. When did you see 11, grade, 11 year 8th graders? The kind of privileges that you have this generation. And the, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 30, it says, there's a generation which does not honor the father and mother, but curses them. There's a generation which is clean in their own eyes, but still not cleansed from their iniquity and from their sin. There's a generation. And we are living exactly in this generation. An ungrateful generation. They do not have the good treasure of the words to express gratitude. And therefore, even our songs that you see, that we sing, they are so shallow because they are, they are not, they are not sufficient words to express gratitude because they don't have the good treasure. They don't have the treasure of the word of God hidden in their hearts. That problem, you see. And the other fellow has what kind of a treasure? He has an evil thesaurus. What does he do? He always complains. No matter what God does, he will always complain. Look at the attitude of Job, no? The Lord gives, the Lord has taken taken away. Blessed is the name of God. And the Bible says, in all the things that Job spoke, he did not sin with his mouth, nor did speak anything wrongfully against God. What a testimony. How many of us will go through the testing and trials that Job has gone through? And still come out with gratitude and praise. 
You know what? Because my dear brothers, there's an issue at the heart level, at the root level. And we have to deal with that. What did you do for me, God? What did you do for me? What does God have to do for you? What do you deserve? Do you deserve anything? Nothing. You know the Bible. There's a there's a incredible poet in Telugu, and I'm not going to ch- name. Of, I'm not going to s- sing that out. But you know what he says? He says, "I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and all the things that I was going to do was absolutely evil and wicked and an abomination in your sight. Yet you loved me. I cannot understand the reason. Oh Lord, what kind of a love towards me?" Praise. Do you have that, those kinds of words? No. Root of bitterness. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 12 onwards. But I say to you that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account on the day of judgment. Does it scare you? I hope so. Or sometimes, you know what? These words have become so, 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 so familiar, you know. Familiarity has breeds contempt and so many other progeny as well. Contemptuous progeny, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> For by your words you will be what? Justified. And by your words you will be condemned. It's your words. So where does, the mouth, where does what comes out of your mouth, where does it come from? It comes from your heart. And the root is, the issue is with your heart. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 10. Familiar passage. But I want to show you the focus here on the root. That if you confess with your mouth. But where does the confess, conf- confession come from? <coughs> when you believe where? Ah, in your heart. Only when you believe in your heart, the confession comes through your mouth. And look at this next one. You will be saved. Then again, verse 10. Now he reverses the order. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. Because out of your words, you are justified or you are declared righteous. And with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever, this morning, whoever, The promise of God. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be delivered. Say that. Will be delivered this morning. Be saved. Joel chapter 2 verse 32. And therefore the Bible says. You know what the the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Look at what it says. Keep your what? Heart. How? With all diligence, for out of it spring forth the issues of life. (laughs) Everything which is of life is coming from where? From your heart. Guile is there in your heart. Ingratitude is there in your heart. Pride is there in your heart. Rebellion is there in your heart. Lust is there in your heart. Everything, the source and the root is in the heart. And therefore, you know what God has to do? He has to do heart transplantation. What transplantation? Heart transplantation. Romans chapter, Mark's chapter, Mark's gospel chapter 9. Let's, let's, uh, see what Jesus has to say. He said, what comes out of a man? That defiles a man. Root of bitterness, what does it do? It defiles. You see that word? Okay. What comes out of a man? 
that defiles of man. For from within, what is that within? Out of the heart of men, what, what, come, what comes? Proceed first what? Thoughts. Where are the thoughts formed? In your heart. That is the reason why the Bible says, I, the Lord, search your heart and test your minds to give everyone according to the fruit of their ways. And therefore the word of the Lord is what? Living and active, powerful than a two-edged sword, a sharper than a two-edged sword, divides the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intentions of the what? Of the heart. The reason why we come to the word of God. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deception, evil eye, boy, evil eye. Blasphemy, what else? Pride, foolishness. Bible says, foolishness is bound up <laughs> where in the heart of a child. By default, child is a what? Foolish. You children, you think you are smarter than your parents? Of course, my children will not say that to me. Till now, they haven't said. Till now. Maybe after they grow up a little bit, they'll probably try to, do, try to say, I want to always be one step ahead of my children. Okay. So I also constantly update myself. And I keep them unup- unupdated. But even without not updating them, Something in the environment, the, the atmosphere is, immediately they grasp technology just like that. My little one knows how to hack passwords also, just by looking at it. And what is coming, <laughs> and suddenly before you know it, she has the computer. This is when I'm, when I'm at least 10 steps ahead of them. They're closely falling behind. Understand this. So fruit, fruit is important. Fruit, I mean, sorry, root is important. The root is in the heart. That's, that's the reason the Bible says, you know what, he, what God says? I will sprinkle clean water from on you, upon you. What is water? The word of God. And what will I do? I will cleanse you from all your idols. Where are the idols? In your heart. We are like the children of Israel in 2 Kings chapter 17 verse 33. We worship the Lord and we also serve our own gods. We worship the Lord on Sunday. Monday through Saturday. (laughs) My gods. Whatever their gods. And the biggest god is entertainment. What is that? Entertainment. Those days, we used to call it silver screen. What screen? Venditera in Telugu. So what, what were we supposed to do? We have to go to the movie theater, pay the money, and take darshanam. Okay. That is a temple. Temple is a movie theater. We should stand in the line. Those days, first day, first show, etc. Okay. And then, if you don't get the ticket, what do we do? Oh, black, for sure. You don't have no idea what it is to buy tickets. I don't know. It's no, 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 it's changed possibly. So, Satan was, you know, he said, you know what, my children... They're struggling so much. It's very, very difficult for them to come to the silver screen. So he started what we call as small screen. I will beam the movies right into your home. No issues at all. So now you don't have to go to the movie theater. Everything is coming right into your house. 
so you can respectably sin. You can carefully sin without anybody knowing. Okay. I'm telling you honestly, no? If, if you think about it, if I go stand in, on, uh, in what is that, Prasad's, huh? Prasad's IMAX, and if I stand in line and one of you sees there, sees me there, Pastor, you're here. Kya <laughs> baat? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. I told you, right? So, so, many, so many years back, I went to this place called Wanderla. In the swimming pool. The waves, you know? Rain dance waves. All the children wanted to do the rain dance and the waves. And I was also, you know, in the, in the pool. And I took a dip. And I hit somebody with my leg. Suddenly that fellow came out of the uh, water and said, Pastor. I looked at him and I said, Who, Who's this guy? Pastor, you came to my church in Varangal. I said, My goodness, Lord. <laughs> he, he did not see me any, in any compromising position. Uh, can you imagine? <laughs> you see. So, so what did God, God do? I mean, the Satan, what did he do? He said, you know what, my children are very, very struggling a lot. I will give some technology, help them with technology. And he was beaming star, HBO, whatever, what was that? AXN, everything into your screens on television. After that, you know, he said, my goodness, my children are getting bored so easily now. Instead of mini screen, I mean, sorry, small screen, I will give them what screen? Mini screen. Now, where do you have? Everywhere you go, everybody's like this. Have you seen? Everybody like this now. You can commit sin carefully without anybody knowing and also giving them the, what is it? The impression, do perception management that everything is okay with you. See, this is the problem. So what does God say? He says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. I will cleanse you of all your idols. And what will I do? I will take away the heart of stone. And what will I give you? I will give you the heart of flesh. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. And then what will I do? I will write my law on the tables of your heart through my spirit and through the preaching of the word of God. And I will cause you to walk in my ways. That is what he wants to do. That is what we call as a new creation. And that is the reason why... Unless and until you are born of the seed of the word of God, the incorruptible seed of the word of God, it is impossible for you to have victory over sin. You can forget it. So I'm preaching only to, ch- only to children who have been bo- who are born again. Hopefully, you will realize after this message, check your life and say, Lord, I'm not born again, so therefore come into my heart, Jesus. You can ask God to come into your heart a million times. doesn't matter. One day it will be true. I tell my children. I said, you know what? You may have asked Jesus to come into your heart a hundred times, but one day, you keep on saying, one day it will be true. One day it will be true. You will know it. You have been born again. So what does he do? He wants to take it. So this morning I want to look at, what is that? One root. Root problem is what? One is pride. The other is rebellion. And where is the source? Where did it start? Let us look at it. Ezekiel chapter 28. It's talking about the devil. You were the anointed cherub who covers. So, established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You are perfect in your ways from the day you were created till what? What was found in you? So, where does iniquity start? In Satan. So, therefore, he tells the Pharisees, you are brood of vipers. But let me be more precise. You are of your father, the devil. And the deeds of the father you will do. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. 
He did not mince words. You are, Jesus said, go and tell the fox. Very clear. You are a brood of snakes. Straightforward. And if you are my sheep, you will hear my voice. Understand that. So, Till iniquity, and why was it, why was, why, did, how did that iniquity come into you? We know that iniquity, this is again, uh, verse 17 of Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your what? Because of your beauty. You know, the Bible says, he was perfect in wisdom, perfect in beauty. So he had what? Wisdom. He had beauty. He had all kinds of decorations. That means he had talent. And then he had a following. What did he have? A following. And then he had anointing. And he became proud. And what happened? Iniquity came. What was iniquity over here? Pride. And what made, what, what this pride make him do? He made him rebel against the ordinance of God. And therefore, what is rebellion? Rebellion is an attitude which is against the righteous government of the kingdom of God. That is, that is rebellion. Rebellion is an attitude against the righteous government of the kingdom of God. And the scepter of his kingdom is what? The scepter of righteousness. You see, Adam and Eve committed sin and transgression. They transgressed and they committed sin. But you know what? Where iniquity started? With Cain. And therefore he says, my punishment, the word for punishment is what? Iniquity. My iniquity is too hard for me to bear. And therefore the Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, he says, you know what? Cain was of the evil one. He was Satan. He had the satanic seed in him. And what did he do? He killed his brother. Okay. So, and where did it start? Everybody look at this word. What is it? Heart. So therefore you have to be born again. See, once you're born again of the word of God and that seed which remains inside of you, you cannot sin. The Bible says, cannot sin, that seed, not that you will not sin, you as a person will not sin, but that seed which is born of you, born of God, which remains inside of you, he cannot sin because he is born of God. And therefore, if that that seed remains and if that seed starts growing, it's like, you know, a child is born, is conceived in the mother's womb, but over a period of time, the cell starts multiplying and it develops all the heart and the lungs and everything. Similarly, the same seed which has been formed inside of you will start growing and it will have spiritual heart, spiritual lungs, spiritual eyes, spiritual hands, everything. And the very life of Christ will, 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 be, will be there inside of, us, inside of us. That is what we call as the glory of the inner man. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And how is that Christ? How does that Christ grow? Every day, you need to understand one thing. You are born again. Now you are born again and you want to live a life of victory. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus has taken the penalty of your sin. He has made you righteous positionally. Now you have to walk in righteousness and you have to grow in righteousness. And where is the problem? The problem, as I said, is where? Is with iniquity. Where is it? Iniquity. And where is iniquity? Iniquity is in your flesh. Where is it? In your flesh. Where is rebellion? It's in your flesh. It is in that old man. And so what should happen to that old man? Every day, one thing should happen to the old man. You have to crucify the old man. That rebel. 
That rebel, it says, by one man's disobedience, all were made what? Sinners. And who was, who was the disobedient person? Adam. So if you are in Adam, you are a rebel by default. It came in, a, this, is, this is remarkable, okay? I'm telling you from my own testimony, when I, when I got saved for the very first time, the preacher looked at me. Honor your father and mother. You will live long. Some of you, she was looking at me, okay? Just giving an example, okay? She said, you are rebels. God is extending mercy. And you know what? At that time, I understood that one of the things that I understood, the reason why I'm doing all this is because primarily I'm a rebel. I do not like to submit myself to authority. And the root problem is not what I do, the actions that I do. The root problem is this rebellion in my life. There could be many alcoholics. There could be people with so many addictions. The addiction is not the problem, but there's a problem deep down inside of your heart. You know what the problem is? It Primarily, it is rebellion. You do not like people to tell you what, what, what to do. You want to do what you want to do. And if that person is not dealt with, this problem will keep on recurring. In that heart is the life of God. And that old nature with its life has to be crucified every day. Otherwise, you will have the problem of rebellion and sin occurring in your life. Look at what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? And goes on to say, Behold, to obey is better than what? Sacrifice. And to hearken or to take heed or to give inclination is better than the fat of rams. So what is a, what is, what is sacrifice? Obedience is sacrifice. And what is obedience? Primarily submission. You can never obey without submission. Unless until you have a heart which is submitted to God. That's what it says. An imperishable beauty of a meek, gentle and a quiet spirit. A submissive spirit. You young men, be submissive to your elders and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And then goes on to say, look at what it says. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 23. Look at this. For what? Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity as idolatry. Okay. What is it? Stubbornness. Mundigatam. And the problem with stubborn people is, if you punish stubborn people, they will become more stubborn. This is what I have observed. Gently, lovingly, you should say, and slowly, the moment you start doing something to them, they become even more rebellious. They may not show rebellion in front of your eyes, but outwardly they might be okay. But deep down inside of their heart, they're getting hardened and hardened and hardened, and one day it will come out. 
They might say, daddy, daddy, next time I will not do daddy. Mommy, mommy, don't beat me, don't beat me, don't beat me. Next time I will not do. But after that, they will continue to do it. They will manifest it in different ways. Because root problem has not been dealt with. They are stubborn. Understand? So what is the root here? Rebellion. How did this come? How did it get strengthened? How do you recognize this? I want to show you a few symptoms to check if there is rebellion in your heart and how to deal with it. Let's look at the chapter. We know this chapter very, very, it's very, very familiar to all of us, especially in GTC. I'll give you, for, the, for those people who, are, who don't have, do not know the background of this particular chapter, Saul has been commissioned by God to be the first king of Israel. Saul uh, reigns for two years and a third year blows a trumpet. Philistines come. And then, you know, Saul is going from bad to worse. God comes, comes and warns Saul when he was supposed to, he, he was waiting for Samuel to come, but Samuel doesn't come on time, so he offers a sacrifice and God comes and says, you know what, you, because you did not obey my voice, I'm going to take the kingdom away from you and God has prepared for himself a man after his own heart. That, sto- that story is over. Comes chapter number 15 now. God comes and says, I'm giving you another opportunity. Go and deal with the Amalekites. Finish them off completely. Don't spare anything. Saul, you know what Saul does. He keeps the best and he says, I obeyed the voice of God. And then Samuel comes and says, if you have obeyed the voice of God, what is the sound that I'm hearing? Etc. And then then he pronounces this judgment upon Saul. But let us analyze the chapter a a little bit to see how this rebellion shows itself. How do you deal with this? First Samuel chapter 15. Verse 1 onwards. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, heed the voice of the words of God. First thing, when you come to listening to the voice of the words of God, how is your attitude? It's very important. You see, what, what happens is over a period of time we'll become gospel hardened otherwise. Because we have heard it over and over and over again. We know the jokes, we know the <laughs> we know the illustrations, we know everything. But you know what has happened over a period of time? We are not changed. We have become static. Therefore, it is just not heed. Your attitude is important. You see. Three things the Bible says. Be careful what you hear. That is Mark's Gospel chapter 4 verse 24. Luke's Gospel chapter 8 verse 18. Be careful how you hear. Hebrews chapter 2. Be careful lest you drift. Therefore hold on to what you have already heard. Otherwise you will do what? You will drift. Three things. Fourth thing. Have circumcised ears. What ears? Circumcised ears. What is circumcised ear? Remember the bond servant? Servant who becomes a bond servant. You know what he says? Master, I love you. Thank you for releasing me. 
Now I want to serve you with all of my heart, all the days of my life, voluntarily. So what does the master do? He takes him, he pierces his ear. And he says, from now on, symbolically, I'm going to give my ear only to you. I don't care about any other voice. My, I am all ears to your commandments. That is what he's talking about over here. Heed the voice of God. Otherwise... You uncircumcised in hearts and ears. You see, God is going to circumcise our hearts. But we have to circumcise our ears. Say, Lord, first of all, take my ears. Come with this attitude, first thing. Let's move on. Thus says the Lord of Lord of hosts, Remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek. And utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them. But kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Don't spare. We'll come to that. First, look at the second verse. Thus says the Lord of what? Hosts. What does host mean? He is the Lord of armies. So if he is the Lord of armies, who is in the army? You and I is in the army. One of the things that we have to resolve, okay, one of the things that we have to resolve is that Christian life will be full of battle. Whom are we battling? We are battling the rebel inside of us. His name is Prabhas, okay, rebel star. And then there is another guy, principalities and powers of darkness which are feeding this rebel. This rebel has to be crucified and the world has to be crucified to me. And only then the life of Christ will flow. So that's the problem. So he says, thus says the Lord of hosts, meaning there is a war which is going on. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And this is the NASB translation. We know this verse very well. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage what? Battle according to the flesh. Do you know that you're already in a battle? Somebody asked him, what is the sign that you are baptized in the Holy Spirit? You know what Derek Prince says? Trouble. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, what will come into your life is trouble. You take a stand for God, what will come, out, come, come against you? The whole hosts of the devil will be against you. Because what? He is a rebel and he will oppose the kingdom of God inside of you. That is the reason why he's called the Antichrist. What does he do? He opposes Christ. He's called a Satan. What is Satan? An adversary. He's opposing you. And he's feeding the rebel inside of you. And that fellow has to be crucified every day. So he says, we do not wage battle according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but divinely powerful for district, for the destruction of fortresses. Where are these fortresses? You know where the fortresses are? We destroy what? Arguments, as I told you, no? The thoughts here. Arguments and all what? Arrogance, that is rebellion. Raised against the knowledge of God. It is there inside of all of us. There's an arrogant fellow. In, when you're when you're a child, it is very easy to find arrogant people. But when you grow up, you know how to manage your arrogance. Magnus Carlsen was being interviewed. If ever you have to write an autobiography, what will be the title? What will be the starting lines of your introduction lines of your book? I am not a genius. 
What will be the title of your book? Magnus Carlsen, Chess Genius. Do you see the irony? I am not a genius. What will be the title of the book? Magnus Carlsen, Chess Genius. Arrogance. Child, very easy to know. This fellow is an arrogant fellow. Because he manifests arrogance easily because there is no guile. After, lo- after a while, that arrogance is camouflaged. What is that? Arrogance against the knowledge of God. That's a rebel. Rebellion is an attitude which is against the kingdom of God. The righteous government of the kingdom of God. And that has to be dealt. Look at what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2. It gives you an incredible introduction of what your identity is in Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. You are a chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, God's own possession. You are supposed to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You were once not a people, but you are the people of God. You did not receive mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. So what should you do? What should you do, my dear brothers? Excuse me? Look at the next verse. Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and strangers, abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against your, your... Immediately, the moment you want to start living out this new identity, what is there? There's a fleshly lust inside of you which is trying to wage war against you. Understand this. Be resolved to this fact that Christian life is full of battle. Okay. Understand. This what? Yuddham. Yuddhamu Yehovah Dekadu. Manadi, first. It is easy to sing that song. Huh? First Samuel chapter, first, first Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. Look at the same uh, language. Verse 18. I charge you, this charge I commit unto you, some Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before, uh, before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Understand this, Timothy. You're a young guy. Understand one thing. Ministry is not going to be easy. The moment you take a stand, all hell will break loose. There's going to be all kinds of obstruction. Be ready. Count the cost. Be faithful until death. Don't give up. Second Timothy chapter 2. This is the purpose statement for my own life. Okay, this is the promise that God gave me. And this is the will of God for my life, at least as of now. You therefore, my son, God telling me, okay. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from your elders, that's from me. Among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. That is what God told me. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach. That is a ministry that God has entrusted into my hands. So in order to do that, what should I do? You therefore must endure hardship as a what? As a good soldier. You see, the rebel inside of you is not going to give up. You have to wage war against him every day and put him to death every day. How will we do that? We'll come come to that later. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. And what should be his objective? His objective is to please the one who has enlisted him to be a soldier. That is the reason why the Bible says, without faith it is impossible to what? To please God. And what is faith? Loyal. The point is, a soldier has to be loyal to his commander. And who is the commander? The Lord of hosts. Understand this. So if you have to deal with this, you have to be, you have to take what we call as a war posture. A war posture. 
There's no passivity over here. You can't be static. You have to say, Lord, this is warfare and I'm not going to give up. I have counted the cost. I may die in this process, but I am not going to give up. For God has not given us, what? The spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or of self-discipline. You take a stand for God. You will see all hell break loose against you. If all hell is not breaking loose against you, you have not taken a stand for God, obviously. Anybody can go downstream. You know, there's a chapa called Ilasa? I don't know. Ilasa or Pulasa? I don't know. Huh? What is that? Ilasa or Pulasa? I think it starts in the sea. It's actually a, sh- a fish in the sea, okay? When it's in the sea, it's 50 rupees a kilo. 50 rupees a kilo. That's, I'm not, I'm not joking. I'm not, I'm not uh, exaggerating. This is exactly what it is. 50 rupees a kilo. But you know what it does? When the monsoon season starts, the mud water from the river starts flowing into the sea. So it starts tasting that mud and it starts swimming upstream and all the nutrients in the mud gets into the, into the fish, into the fish. And by the time it fights its way upstream and comes into the river, it becomes such a big, strong fish. Now it is almost like 3000 or 4000 rupees a kilo. And you know what the famous, famous, famous saying in Andhra is, sell your property and buy Elasa and taste it. That is the value. Where did it start? It started in the sea for 50 rupees a kilo. It came upstream. Now it is what? Fat with all the nutrients. This value has changed. What are you going to do? Go downstream with the rest of the flow or are you going to fight this battle and go upstream? God gives you tremendous value if you are like that. The price on Apostle Paul, the precious saint of God, why did he become the top saint? Because of the kind of pressures he endured. Coal and diamond, same composition. How does coal become diamond? Pressure. The more you cut diamond, the brighter it shines. So understand this. There is a warfare. Once in a while, we have to look at the deliverance meetings. What will happen in deliverance meetings? Some people, you know, after the pastor, after Pastor James does a deliverance meeting, I told him, Pastor, oh my goodness, Pastor, I never thought something like this even exists. Wake up to reality. This is reality. There is battle. Pastor James went there. You think preaching in Jharkhand was easy? We are not talking, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disclosing anything over here. You should see the kind of demonic opposition for the word of God to be preached over there. So he says, the Lord of force meaning one thing is clear, Christian life is a battle. The moment you take stand for God, all hell breaks loose. You have to come to terms with that. And you should say, I'm willing to pay the price. If any man comes, who is willing to, wants to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up the cross and follow me. The moment you have put your hand on the plow and if you turn back, you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. The Bible is very clear. But if you lose your life for his sake, what will, you, what will happen to you? You will gain your life. And if you gain your life now, you will lose it later. The choice is yours. 
unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and it dies, it will not bear fruit. It's very clear. Count the cost. Count the cost, my dear brothers. So that is the reason why when we baptize people, we ask him, baptism service is not normal. I know certain people who wanted to get baptized the hell that the kind of demonic attack that they had to opposition that they had to face just to get baptized. I remember Nabil Qureshi's testimony, you know. He went to David and said, I want to get baptized. He said, you go and tell your parents. No, 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 no. I don't want to tell my parents. They'll feel bad. Then he said, I am not going to baptize you unless and until you have the guts to go and testify about Jesus to your parents. Then he said, no, whether you like it or not, you are baptizing me on Saturday. And you know what David said? I'm going to pray that your parents will know. And the next day, his computer was open. His, 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 he was not in his room. The chat, chat was on. His parents just walked in. And congratulations, Nabil. You're getting baptized tomorrow. Parents looked at the chat. They were shocked. And Nabil came to his room and he found his parents and the parents looked at him with tears in their eyes and his father said, it's as if you've taken the heart away from my skull, from my, from my chest. You've betrayed me. And at that time, you know what Nabil said? Lord, Lord, why Lord? Why Lord? Why Lord? You will, you will have to experience all this. It is warfare. Did we in our own strength confide our striving will be losing? Did we in our own strength confide our our striving will be losing? Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing? Does ask who that may be? Christ Jesus it is he. Lord Shabbat is name and age to age the same and he must win the battle. And though this world with devils filled, he says, and though this world with devils filled will threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God has willed his truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure, one little word shall fill him. That word above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth, the spirit and the gifts are ours, through him who with us standeth. Let goods and kindred go. This mortal life also. This body they may, they may kill, but God's truth abided still. His kingdom is forever. A mighty fortress is our God. That is the battle cry of the Reformation. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. There's a battle for your soul. There's a battle for your mind. The ideas that you take from this world, there's a battlefield which is going on in your mind and you need to understand. You have to count the cost. Take a posture of battle. How do you do that? Thus says the Lord of force. Remember that which Amalek did to Israel. You know one of the first fundamental things that God told the kings of Israel. One day when you become king, this is what you are supposed to do. One thing is you should not multiply horses from Egypt. You should should not multiply silver or gold. You should not multiply wives. You should not multiply horses. You should not multiply silver or gold. You should not multiply wives. And fourth thing you need to do. You know what you're supposed to do? You should take the book of the law. What is the first law? What is the law? <laughs> Genesis, Exodus, 
Numbers, lesser Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. This five books you have to have a personal copy under the at, under the guidance of a Levite. You should have the exact personal copy of what the Levite has, and you have to take that copy and you have to keep on meditating every day of your life as long as you are the king on the throne. That's what he tell, tells the kings, and he tells Saul. Saul, I remember what Amalek did. Amalek stands for your flesh. Amalek stands for the old man. Amalek, the, 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 the son of Esau, the son of Esau, the son of Edom, the son of Adam, the son of the rebel, whom God hates. Jacob, God loves. Esau, God hates. And this man is a rebel against God. What did he do? He had the root of bitterness. He had the root of rebellion inside of him. And God says, that fellow has to be dealt with. Amalek, that has to be dealt with. I remember what Amalek did to Israel. He came against Israel. I remember He's asking Saul, do you remember Saul? Do you meditate upon the word of God every day, Saul? Exodus chapter 17, this is what it says in verse 14. The Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the heaven. What is this? This is the old rebel inside of each one of us. That fellow has to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And Moses built an altar and called that name the Lord is my banner. The name is what? Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Every generation has to fight this war against the old man. He has to crucify the old man every day of this of his life. Because where is iniquity? Iniquity rests in the flesh and that fellow has to be crucified so that the new life can be lived out in your daily living. And what does this guy do? Whom does he attack? Deuteronomy chapter 25. Deuteronomy chapter 25 verse 17. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. This is when you were being saved and you were, you were, you were just about to enter into your promised life and he stopped you. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks. The stragglers that were tired and weary and he did not fear. God, that is the reason why, like pastor was saying, you know, halt. What is that? Don't make any decision when you are Hungry, when you are angry, when you are tired, when you are lonely. That is when the flesh is very strong, very powerful. Most of the time, it deceives you with self-pity. Ayo, ayo, Vijay. Why should you go through all this, Vijay? Ayo, you didn't deserve, deserve this, Vijay. Can you imagine? Did, did, did God spare his son like that? Ayo, my son. Ayo, ayo, my son. Did he say that? No. You know, the Bible says God did not spare his son. You know, one man of God said, if any money, anybody could commend sin to God, if anybody could commend sin to God, it could have been Jesus, his son. But when he became sin for us, you know what he did? He poured out his entire wrath upon him. Okay. So take. So how do you do it? Rehearse. Know your word. It is through the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, you will be able to destroy all the arguments of the enemy. Know your word. Deuteronomy chapter 25. Therefore it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess an inheritance that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under the sun. You shall not forget. And therefore you know what Bible tells 
to Joshua. What, you know what God tells Joshua, Joshua in Joshua chapter 1? Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from where? From your mouth. What should you do? You should meditate. And then you should do. And then what will happen? You will prosper. In doing what? Prosperous in what? In obtaining the life of promises for you. The inheritance that God has for you on this side of eternity. The promised life of Christ is available for you. And you want to battle this? One thing you can never forget. And you should not forget. Meditating. Because the rebel is here in your mind. Strongholds, fortresses in your mind. Deal with them. So what should you do? Psalm 119 verse 11. Everybody can read this. Your word have I hidden in my heart. Every day in the morning, our children pledge. I pledge allegiance to the Bible. Every time I hear that, they don't understand it. They say it by root. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Every time I hear that, now I'm saved. It's like a woo. But for them it is, I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. Same thing, same tune. So what should your heart be full of? Let me ask you something. How many of you, when you go through a trial or a difficulty, words of God come out? And you respond by faith. You are able to speak the word into that situation. Why? You know why Saul, Saul failed? One thing Saul never had. A discipline of hearing from God. You know why David was successful? One thing he had. A discipline of meditating on the word of God. That is the reason why. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stands in the way of sinners. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, delight, delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law. That he meditate. If you cannot enjoy the word of God, you will never be able to meditate on the word of God. You know why do you enjoy the word of God? Because the word of God is not working in your life. You are not obedient to the word of God. I am telling you, you know, you construct a theory. And you go and apply it in the lab. You should see the, in the, the euphoria that you get, the adrenaline rush. Only you, you know it. I am telling you, this is my personal experience, okay? Fun idea I had. All my entire paper was over, but there's one small idea which is still not falling into place. The deadline for, for the paper was about six hours from now, it's two, two o'clock in the morning, and six hours from now is the deadline. So I said, okay, fine. I got the idea, I coded it, my heart in my mouth, and I started I started the experiment, waiting for it will take at least an hour, hour for the experiment to run. One hour is over. Once I see the result, you know what happens? Eureka! That excitement, you don't get it. And in the lab, who was there? I was there. The only fellow who was left. That is what it says, no? These guys go after Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And they leave John and they follow Jesus. 
Jesus looks at them and he says, what do you seek? Rabbi, where do you stay? Come and stay with me. Next day, Simon, Eureka! We found him. That's the word. We found him. We found him. We experienced him. There is knowledge and there is experiential knowledge. Like Pastor keeps saying, Abigail, don't go to the candle and put your finger into the candle. You will get burnt. What is that? Knowledge. What does Abigail do? She goes into the, to the candle and puts the finger into the candle and she gets burnt. Now she becomes the apostle of, of candles. Don't go to the candle. You will get burnt. What is this? Experiential knowledge. So what should happen? Colossians chapter 3. Let the word of Christ dwell where? In your heart richly. Richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your where? Hearts to the Lord. The first thing that you have to do, Saul. Don't forget Amalek. What does it mean? Implication. Let the word of God dwell in your heart richly. Don't compromise on the word of God. The complete word of God. Because that is the sword which is going to give you deliverance. Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. How? Speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. What does it say there in Colossians chapter 3 verse 16? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. What does it say over here? Let the spirit of Christ dwell in you richly. How how are you filled with the Holy Spirit? When the word dwells in you richly and when the spirit dwells in you richly, both becomes a potent combination and you know what you have? You have power. Otherwise we start erring. You know what Jesus said to the Pharisees? You err because you do not know the scriptures, nor the power of God. A lot of, lot of people know the scriptures, but they don't have the power of God. A lot of people have the power of God, but they don't have the scriptures. But this is a combination. The word of God and the spirit of God. The combination. That becomes the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. That is your weapon. Let's move on. First Samuel chapter 15. Now go and attack. And utterly destroy all that you have and do not spare. You know what that means? Do not show pity. What is that? Do not show pity. What should I not show pity? I should not show pity on man and woman. On those people who are ostensibly sinning. These are ostensible sins. I can look at, the, look, at, look at it and say, this is a wicked lifestyle. Fine, I will destroy them. Next what? Infant and... Oh! Those things which look very... Harmless. Those things which are outwardly very wicked. Those things which look ostensibly harmless. And then, ox and sheep and camel and donkey. Those things which you think will be profitable to you. Three things. Do you see that? Those things which are ostensibly wicked. Man and woman. Who are these people? The Amalekites. How, how are they living in? They are living in sin. So what is that? It's a works of the flesh. Very well manifest. But there's deep down inside, there are nursing children and infants. They look very harmless. Are you? 
When you look at them, you feel pity. You want to spare them, but they are little snakes. And there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a problem in Telugu. Even if it's a small snake, you have to it, hit it with a big stick. What is that? Even if it is a small snake, you have to hit it with a big stick because it is a snake. It's a, a fundamental is a snake. That has not changed. Small snake, are you? You take it and pet it. How can you pet snakes? Hey, you you see a lizard, do you feel love for it? Think about it, no? Except for tortoise, which is the only reptile which I kind of can tolerate. Tortoise and turtle. That also because from childhood I've been hearing the, the story of the hare and the tortoise. That's the only reptile which I can tolerate. All the other reptiles, do they look very... How can these people have pet pythons? Pet pythons, pet vipers, pet back, black mambas. They have one pastor. He had pet vipers in his in his uh, in his uh, church. And you know what happened? That viper bit him and he died. What did he expect? Dum dum. <laughs> what did he expect? So it's a small snake. Oh, you let us spare it. Hit that fellow also. There are small snakes. We should tolerate. Very small. They're very. You know what snakes are? Do you know it has entered into your house? No. It just comes in. Unsolicited. Just comes in. And what should you do? Kill that fellow also. That which you think is profitable. Or this is profitable for me. That also. Do not show pity. That is the reason why, you know what the Bible says in the in New Covenant. If your eyes cause you to sin, what should you do? Pluck it out. Don't spare your eyes, in other words. And it's not that doesn't mean that you should spare, you should pluck out your eyes, because a lot of people are blind and they still lust with their eyes. I don't know how they do it, but they do it. You can close your eyes and still lust. He's talking about dealing being ruthless, as I told you, picking it away from where? From the root. It has to pain. Circumcision is not a very easy thing. That's the reason the Bible says, we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit, who rejoice in Christ Jesus, and who have no confidence in the flesh. Don't spare. Spare the rod. And spoil the monkey, basically. Monkey is a monkey. You cannot spare it. Whatever looks. Don't spare. And it goes on. What, what did Saul do? Saul spared Agag and the best of the oxen. You see that? And of the fatlings end of the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them but everything that was refuse and vile utterly destroyed. Do you call this obedience? No, it's not not even disobedience. What is this? Rebellion. What does it mean? God told you a precise commandment. You edited out the part you don't like. 
and you only obeyed the part you like. What is that called? What is it called? Samir, you are very, very silent, Baba. Ah, rebellion. That is the reason why after he finishes spending the book of Revelation, he says, if any man takes away or adds anything to this book, to this book, all the curses and the judgments which have been pronounced in this book will come upon you. He tells in the book of Deuteronomy, don't add anything to it, neither subtract anything from it, just like your mother Eve. She added and subtracted, don't do that. There are precise commandments. We like those commandments. We will only do the things that we like and we will edit out nicely that we, that those things which we don't like and we say, I have obeyed the commandment of the Lord. And what God calls it? Rebellion. Hmm. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told that Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself and he has gone on around, passed by and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, What is this bleating of the sheep in my ears? What am I hearing? What are, the, what, are the, what are the reports am I hearing about you, Vijay? If you are obedient, what is, what is this I hear about you? If you did everything in your school, what, this, what is this I hear about you from your teachers? Your son. Your daughter. Boy. What do I hear? What is the report that I'm hearing about you? Parents teachers meeting nowadays is a challenge for the administration. Those days, if I went home and told my mom, today I stood outside the class. What is going to happen? What is going to happen to me? I'll get a double double dose at home. So I, I go and report, Mama, it was a fantastic day at school. Okay, my marks were fantastic. Alright. What happened to your marks? Uh, the teacher did not correct them still. I corrected, marks came and I hid it under the paper. And my friend turns up at home. At home. Auntie, auntie, today I got to 95% in math. Oh, the marks have come out. Vijay, what about you? Parents teachers meeting. You were outside the class today. What happened? Today. Mommy, mommy. I was outside the school today. Next day they will come with one gang. How could you do this to my child? We are living in a different generation, my dear brothers and sisters. What do I hear about you? Says God. What is the testimony I have about you? 
Can I say with confidence? Have you considered my servant Job? What do you have against him, Satan? What do you have? If I have to look into your accounts, can I find something? A loophole? If I look into your family life, can I see something which is not of God? Is there transparency? Is there guilelessness? What do I hear about you, Vijay? Oh, I heard about Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, I just want to come down and see. See what is it from with my own eyes so that I can know that they deserve this judgment. What do I hear? What is the bleeding? Where did it start? Verse 17. So Samuel said to Saul, you were, you know what? Little in your own eyes. Initially when I called you, when I said, where is the kingdom, where is this king that God has ordained, where are you? Hiding. The problem is that, you know what, Saul, you still haven't overcome your shame. You still haven't overcome. You have a low self-esteem. And because of this, all this, this is what you, this, these are manifestations of that. Because you have that problem with you, inside of you. This insecurity. You still haven't dealt with shame in your life. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. What did he do? He despised the shame. That is the reason why we have this confession, no? That, that card that God, that pastor gave us. He endured shame so that we might receive his what? Glory. I anointed you, Saul. But you know what? You still haven't dealt with your shame. You still have some unconfessed sin in your life. You still are covering yourself. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But you know what? Light has come into your life, but you refuse to deal with your sin. You still are under shame. You're trapped by shame. Trapped by shame. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 12. So Samuel rose early in the morning to, to meet Saul. It was told Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a what? A monument for himself. The second problem you have is, you have a lust for the opinions of men. What do you have? What other people think about you? It's very important for you. Look at it. When Verse 24, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. Why? You know what? When David was confronted, I have sinned against the Lord, period. Saul, I have sinned against the Lord, added a little more. I have transgressed your words also, flattered him, comma, because, because what? I fear the people. 
find one man who's not afraid of the opinions of men, who's dead to the opinions of men. It's not that he doesn't take feedback. No. He takes feedback without getting offended. Find that man. That is a blessed man. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 41. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in, in your hearts. Where? In your hearts. I have come in my, in my father's name and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? You see that? That's a problem. You live for the opinions of men. John's Gospel, chapter 12. Moves on. Yet in the same time, even among the leaders, many believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith. For fear, they would be put out of the synagogues. For they loved human praise. Deep down inside of every heart, you know what, it's, what is there? There's a desire to be accepted. So God created Adam out of the dust. Then he put his mouth to his mouth and he breathed into him the very breath of his breath of God, the spirit of God. And Adam became what? A living soul. And God created Adam and it looked at Adam and he said, this is what? It is good. So what are the first words that Adam heard? You're good. Accept it. In other words, Adam, I love you. You're accepted. You're my son. You don't have to perform to get my acceptance. To, to get my acceptance. But the moment you go away from me, deep down inside of your heart, you do not get acceptance from me. Nobody else can fill that vacuum. You will always be trying for the rest of your life to find acceptance. That's what happened to Saul. To, Saul, to, to Solomon. Everything he did. After this, he says, God has placed eternity in my heart and only God can fill that vacuum. Only God can accept me. Nobody else. Five husbands you had. Sixth one is your boyfriend now. You're living with her, with him. You've lost faith in the institution of marriage. And you're still looking for acceptance. You're coming to the well. To Jacob's well. Jacob's well cannot thirst you. I am, I am that well. And if you believe in me, from your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. All these are symptoms of rebellion. Dealing with shame. God has already accepted you. Dealing with acceptance. He's accepted you. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 1. We know this verses very well. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5. Having predestined us to, the, to adoption as sons. You know, by the way, the word for adoption is very interesting. It's just not that you're being adopted, like you're an orphan and you're being adopted. No, 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 no. The adoption has got much more meaning. For example, let's say in those, in those days, let's say you have five children. The person who gets adopted is the person who becomes your heir. Do you understand? The person whom you adopt is the person who becomes your heir. You know what God is saying here? You become an heir. If yeah, you're co-heirs with Christ, 
क्या बात है ही टेल्स द लॉर्ड लॉवेशन चेस्ट इफ यू ओवरकम यू विल सिट ऑन माई थ्रोन चेस्ट एज आई ओवरकेम एंड स्टार्ट ऑन माई फादर्स थ्रोन यू विल सिट ऑन माई थ्रोन नो प्रॉब्लम so what did he do to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he has made us what acceptable in your blood don't have to try don't try for acceptance god has already accepted you okay this is sorry this is galatians chapter 1 apologize please this is galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says for do i now persuade men or god or do i seek to please men for if i still please men i should not be a servant of christ 1 samuel chapter 15 verse 9 verse 19 it says why then did you not obey the voice of the lord why did you swoop down to the spot why why do you have to compromise here for spoil he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all look at what it says in second corinthians chapter 8 verse 9 for you know the grace of our lord jesus christ that though he was rich yet for your sake he became poor that you through his proper poverty might be made, made rich and romans chapter 8 we know this verses very well verse 31 what then shall we say to these things if god is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall not he not with him freely give us all things don't have to stoop down problem is you stoop down you just became like the other people in the, you know those days why why did they have to wage war they waged war for two reasons to acquire territory and to also acquire spoil okay spoil spoil means money you know what god said destroy everything that they have i will give you you don't have to choose those things remember god comes to i mean bera comes to abraham and he says abraham give me take the spoils and give me the souls you know what abraham says not even a strap from your sandal i want i raise my hand to god compromise all this is rebellion all this is rebellion and where did it start in your heart just let me just put this slide once for you and then let me end my last thought hath lot as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice to hearken than the fat of rams for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft there are only two sources of power one is the power of the holy spirit and there is a power of witchcraft if you are walking in the flesh doesn't matter you are still born again but you are still operating in the realm of witchcraft you are rebel you are still offer, op- operating in the realm of witchcraft but you have you have allowed the cross to do its work in your life you know what is on the other side the blessing of god the power of god 
And the only way, according to me, to live a consistent life of victory, the consistent life of victory is only possible, only possible, one thing, to deal with the old man, with your flesh, the rebel inside of you. And that guy has to be crucified every day. Every day. Because today you do it, tomorrow he'll come back. You spare him today, tomorrow he'll come back. You have to be ruthless against it. And do whatever it takes in your capacity to root it out. That is the reason why it says, those who are Christ's have crucified their flesh with its flashes and its desires. Passions and its desires. Iniquity and idolatry. What's that? Stubbornness. Let me give you a last verse for today. Bible says, If you carefully heed my voice, and if you keep my commandment, none of these diseases that I put on Egypt will fall upon you. For I am the Lord that heals you. But two conditions. What is that? Carefully heed my voice, and obey what I ask you to do. Carefully heed and obey. Trust and obey for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So this morning, we are in the house of God on the last day of July. Seventh month is over. Eighth is a month of what? New beginnings. We start a new beginning tomorrow. Can you all stand up? No? In the house of God. Seven months are over. And the promises of God are still yes and amen in Christ. What did he promise? He promised at least two things for us as a church. He will restore all the years that the locusts have eaten. But the promises have to come to pass. They have to be dealt with one guy. God will not bless a rebel. God will never allow the allow a rebel to be to enjoy the blessings of God. The only way the blessings can and the promises of God can come to fruition in our lives when we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the purposes of God. Deal with the rebel in all of us. Let's pray this morning. We are all in the house of God. Eighth month is a month of new beginnings. And God says, I am a God of new beginnings. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things will become new. Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, forgetting the things that are behind, all the successes and the failures of the past, forget it and press on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you do not lose heart. Don't make any decision when you are hungry, when you are angry, when you are tired, and when you are lonely. Acknowledge the rebel inside each one of you. All of us have the rebel. The old nature which is born of Adam. 
who will, does not love the word of God, who does not, who spares his flesh, who pampers it, obeys the things which are convenient. God says that is rebellion. Partial obedience is just not disobedience, it is rebellion. Don't let you have any unconfessed sin in your life. Bible says, he who covers his sin will not prosper. But he who confesses and forsakes it will obtain mercy. Bible says, you don't have to run for approval and acceptance. You don't require the opinions of men. I have already accepted you and have declared that you are good. Rest in him. Come to him this morning. All those who are weary and heavy laden. The Bible says, I will give you rest. Rest from going after the opinions of men. Rest from your shame and from your guilt. Rest from all the failures of the past. Rest from doing your own thing. Bible says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for a meek and lowly and you will find rest to your souls. Father, this morning we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, all of us have a rebel inside of all of us and manifests himself or herself in different ways. That old nature which is born of Adam which shows up its ugly head every day in different forms. Sometimes in pride. Sometimes in rebellion. Sometimes in self-righteousness. Sometimes in boasting. Sometimes in self-pity. But it's all of the self. It's all the manifestation of the old man. I pray, Father, that we will recognize it. Father, we want to have lasting peace. We want to have lasting victory, enduring victory in our lives, O Lord. I pray, Father, that you would visit your people this morning. Lord, on one side of the cross there is blessing and on the other side of the cross there is complete darkness. And I pray, Father, that your people, all of us, will move out of that darkness and come into that marvelous light and enjoy the blessings that you have for us in the light. Bible says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. The root is rebellion. The fruit is self-righteousness. The root is rebellion. The fruit is self-pity. The root is rebellion. The fruit is bitterness. The root is rebellion. The fruit is ingratitude. Recognize it this morning. Lord, grant me a new heart. Take away the heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh and write your laws in the deepmost parts of our inner man and cause me to walk in your ways, O Lord. We come to you, O Lord. You are the only one who can do it. And Lord, you are a God who has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. To give us a hope and a future and a desired end. 
And we come to you this morning. In the end of the seventh month, even as we are at the threshold of a new month, we do not know what lies ahead, but we know who goes ahead of us. The God who is the same yesterday, today and forever. The God who says you have peace about your past, your grace for today and hope for tomorrow. I pray, Lord Jesus, you would go ahead of us. Straighten crooked paths for us, O Lord Jesus. And Lord, enable us, Lord Father, to find your will and to find rest in your will, O Lord, and do it, O Lord. And only when we are in your will, we will be free, genuinely free. Otherwise, we'll be independent, but we'll be rebels and we'll be in bondage and in slavery to sin. I pray, Father, that you'd speak to us this morning. Convict us. Father, continue to do your work inside of our heart. Continue to write your laws in the deepmost parts of our inner man and cause us to walk in your ways. Take away the lies from your heart, from our heart, O oh Lord. All the lies from of the enemy, O oh Lord Jesus. All the lies that we have heard. All the evil thoughts that we have allowed in our hearts, O oh Lord. Your word says through Jeremiah, your servant Jeremiah, you said, Lord, how long, O oh house of Israel, will you allow wicked lo- thoughts to lodge inside of you? I pray, Father, that we will pluck out all those wicked thoughts and we will replace it by the word and the truth of the word of God. Cause us, O Lord Jesus, this morning. Visit your people, O Lord. Bless us, O Lord, Father. And even as we go go about this new month and this new week, go ahead of us. Strength crooked paths for us. All the plans that we have made, O Lord Jesus, you bring it to pass. Enable us to walk in faith. Enable us to walk in victory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you once again for this day. Commit once again, Pastor James, into your hands, O Lord. Thank you, Father, for using your servant, O Lord, in a mighty way. I pray, Father, even as he, Lord, comes back tonight after ministering, O Lord Jesus, I pray pray that you would grant him travel mercies and bring him back home safely. We thank you, Father, for this day. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. For may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. May, the, may God richly bless you and have good fellowship with one another.